that's a growler. Hello, and welcome to the never-ending minute where we analyze, scrutinize, and coriander-lies. The movie, The Never-Ending Story. I'm Thomas Howitt. And I'm Tierney Steele. Welcome back. Today we are discussing Minute 9, which starts with Coriander saying, Captain Nemo, and ends with him going and answering the phone off screen. Now we know what he was asking Bastion in the last minute. Yes. Have you ever been? <gasps> Captain Nemo. And I'm sorry, because I'm sure when I'm watching the movie, this doesn't bother me, but splitting it up into the different minutes, Captain Nemo feels almost anticlimactic. (laughs) I just, that's not what I was expecting him to say. Right. Oh, man. He's talking about all these other adventure stories, and I think it's partially because we know what's coming, too. We know where he's going to go with this. So It's true. Although I will say, in continuing my coriander as Quint from Jaws's relative, okay, his story of being trapped in the submarine and afraid fits perfectly with what I was discussing last episode. Yeah. And it's a wonder we... I don't imagine that Coriander has any kids because, you know, he doesn't like kids. Mm-hmm. But man, he's good at that dad claw. well he's a storyteller true 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 oh man but um sorry there's there's so much i love my brain is skipping ahead and i'm trying to get it to order its thoughts um (laughs) so coriander says have you ever been captain nemo weren't you afraid trapped in the submarine that you'd never get out and vashian shrugs again not quite as good as lester and says but it's only a story. Which, was that in the trailer? Maybe. But didn't he say yes first? Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. He says yeah. this really resounding. Like, he pauses for a good moment. Yes. And he's like, yes? <laughs> <laughs> and then Coriander says, weren't you afraid you wouldn't get out? Right. That's right. Okay. I'm sorry. You would think I hadn't literally just watched this. But it's very distracting because... The facial expressions and body language and everything that isn't spoken in the rest of this minute is so good. Speaking of body language, I have our I have one of our first tiebacks to earlier minutes. Yes. Bastion's skill at staring contest serves him well here. <laughs> He's been practicing and here's where it's become important. He stares down Mr. Coriander like you would not believe. So it's not just his dad, it's all authority figures. Yes, he's that like, Bastion I will, will, I will intimidate these guys until they leave me alone. Oh, um, I don't know how easy it is to pause specific frames, but the bookseller's face after he says, "Don't worry about it." Yes, is fantastic, beautiful, like I'm, the most grandpa face. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to see it right now. Let me see if I can find a second cue for you, because it is well worth pausing yeah. and freezing. So it's second 31. I mean, he's already he's got the claw going. His eyes are intense. His mustache is practically quivering as he tells his story. <laughs> the and way then, he squints his eyes and yes, it's super intense. Yes. yes, he is so 
intense. And he goes to go back to reading, and Bastion looks up at him. And yeah, I have it at minute 29. Or minute 29. Second 29 of minute 9 is the, like, don't worry about it, kid. Like, yeah. kind of frowning, which the mustache is really what's doing that. Yeah. It's, and And this is all just furthering the seduction here he's trying to he's using reverse psychology saying you don't want any of this this isn't for you don't pay attention to this book knowing that he's he's encouraging the opposite here oh my god i have so much on that in this minute yes um he also as he says don't worry about it he even squints his eyes a little on that line too i mean it is pure seduction going on right here which Probably sounds creepier, because I know we're talking about an old man and a young kid. No, no, no. This is like book seduction. This isn't like, no, we're not going there. That would be awful. Um, but he's. this is another, again, I, I said it last minute. I will say it again. I will quote the Sandlot every chance I get. He knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, this is, for any avid uh, book reader, for any avid book reader, we, I mean, I speak for both you and I, because I know we both are, these are the things that really draw us into a story. And, you know, we want to find out what this, this mystery is. We want to know how it's going to turn out. And he's pulling on those strings because he knows <laughs> that it'll work for a boy that likes these kind of books. Puppet Master Coriander. <laughs> yes, they should have renamed him. Oh, uh, and then, okay, so folks, the phone starts ringing and Coriander hides, and you can hear the air quotes in that, in the way I say it, he hides the book under a newspaper. Yes. And then leaves the room. Wait, wait, wait. Before he leaves the room, I'm going to one-up you just a little bit here, Tierney. He hides the book and then points at it. Yeah. And he's, like, <laughs> basically keeping eye contact with Bastion as he walks Where's, away. Like, the book's right here. By the way, I'm going to get up and leave. It's right here. I'm going to place it right here. You're going to watch me do it. And then he, like, I swear he's, like, looking at Bastion with eye contact. My note is just come on with an exclamation point. Now, I have a question uh. about some stuff that I think the director might have been doing here. And I want to see if you agree. Okay. As you're looking around the bookstore, I haven't seen a single book cover that I can read. In fact, most of the books are pointed cover away from us. Or not yes. cover, I'm sorry, uh, spine, spine. Spine away from us. Do you think he did that because we're only supposed to be interested in one book in this store? I love that. And it makes perfect sense. I, I will break your heart a little in that most books of that age, it's extremely hard to make out the covers unless they are very well maintained. Which True. this guy smoking a pipe right in the middle of his rare bookstore, <laughs> I'm guessing does not. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm sitting next to a bookcase and I'm looking at books that were published in nineteen eighteen. It's now twenty seventeen. I cannot make out a single word on the spine. And right, it's but right most next of them are most of them are actually spine away from us and we see the the, um, look, yeah, the and that cycle. feels like too much to be just a coincidence. Right. But we do see a few things, and, and um, things that are on the shelves. You can't read any of the spines of the books that are on the shelves, and a right. lot of those are facing towards us. But I think that is just a function of their worn books. It's cloth mostly covers, it looks like. I mean, some are leather, clearly, but yeah. there's a lot of cloth covers 
they don't wear well, you know, like I said, it just depends on exposure, whether or not you can still make it out. But you're right. I think the fact that everything piled on his desk, the piles behind Bastion's head, you're right. That's too much to be a coincidence. Right. So speaking of stuff around the room, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's something that's been catching my eye. You spoke about the picture on the desk. Mm-hmm. This picture that's behind Bastion's head has been catching my eye constantly, and I cannot figure out why it would be here. It's placed directly above the rolls of paper that we had mentioned before, Mm -hmm. and it's just this black silhouette of a man, and I don't know why it's there or what it could possibly be doing in a bookstore. Well, I don't have any solid information, but I do have a couple things to think about. Okay. Um, First of all, I had mentioned that when we are looking at the other view of the bookseller and we can see the window above his desk and into the other room, which he's about to walk into blatantly, leaving <laughs> the book for Bastion, um, there were prints on the wall that are of Scottish kilts, tartans. I don't want to use the word uniform because that's not the right thing, but like traditional dress. Right. And the fact that he has those two, and now this is another silhouette, at least the artwork that's in this place is all kind of of a kind. Right. This one just seems really oddly placed, though. It does, but it reminds me a lot of multiple used bookstores I've been in. Okay. Used bookstores. Actually, I think all of the used bookstores I've been in, I'm trying to think of any that don't have it, will tape up onto the ends of their bookcases or just on walls, basically anywhere there's blank space, things that they have found inside the books okay so like the harvard bookstore if you go downstairs has all these random cartoons and bookmarks and article clippings and it's if someone sells them a book and then they find something tucked inside it they stick it up on the wall (laughs) ladies and gentlemen this is why we have a professional librarian on (laughs) staff here (laughs) it's it's really cool and now that i'm trying to think of it Every used bookstore I've been in has had some element of that. I could definitely go with that. I was trying to figure out what Wolfgang Peterson was trying to teach or show (laughs) us with this random picture that's just in the background. Well, it is very distracting because, as you point out, it's not like there are tons of these. You know what I mean? Like, usually if you'd think, oh, it's something they found. First of all... It matches his other artwork, which definitely was not in a book. That's framed. So I'm not sure that that's exactly what's going on here. And there's nothing else stuck up around it. So again, I don't really know that this answers our question. But it didn't strike me as out of place because my brain just immediately skipped past it of like, oh yeah, that's what it looks like in in bookstores. Cool. I'm now staring at the other side of Bastion's head by the door and trying to figure out what those is that just like a half curtain along the where are you at i am on second 34 i'm looking at the painting over his right shoulder and over his left shoulder is that pile of books that he was next to that we were talking about and i'm guessing that's the doorway that he came in I would say that is a curtain and only part of it though i think that's like the top part of a curtain I think it's used to cover what looks like boxes back behind it. Okay. So it looks more appealing, maybe, except that Coriander has given up caring about that. 
Coriander's <laughs> interior decorating skills leave a little something to be desired. Yeah, it looks like something you would just hide some stuff behind, like boxes and stuff, but okay. he hasn't closed that curtain in ages, and so it's just got the decorative frill at the top now. While I'm just burning coriander left and right here, all those books are tilted, and that really hurts my soul. Because all <sighs> those bindings are getting ruined. Right. Would it kill you to have to bookend it in your store? I mean, you might even be able to sell them at one time. No, no, that's definitely, that's definitely not right. And I, at first I was like, well, it's one shelf. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he just sold a bunch of things, you know, yesterday and he hasn't gotten around to fixing it yet. Because, you know, you do that for one day. All right, fine. Not everyone's as OCD as I can be. But... There's multiple shelves like that. This is, he, you're right. He's just given up caring. Maybe at one point he did. Maybe at one point he had a whole decorating scheme where he's like, I'm going to get this artwork of all these different like fashion silhouettes and I'm going to hang curtains and everything's going to be neat and tidy. And now he has found the never ending story. And all he does is read and try and entice Bastion into joining him and smoke a pipe. So, a little conspiracy theory point here, or not conspiracy, but theory, tie-ins to earlier theories that I've spoken about. Mm-hmm. We talked about how there's a possibility that the Empress and Coriander could be working together to try to save Fantasia. And if that were true, then she might be listening to the conversation, you know, through story or whatever, as you've read in the book. There's there's a way she can find out what's going on as it happens. Mm-hmm. I postulate that it might be somehow the Empress causing the phone to ring to make him stand up, to give him a reason to walk away from the book. I want to absolutely agree, except that he would have done that anyway. Actually, well, no, that does still work because maybe he knew she was going to do that. Right. Okay. Because They've set this all up so that... And the phone rings and he looks up at it and that look on his face is just pure, like... Yeah, it looks like he was expecting that call. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry. I am so distracted by the bookshelves behind Bastion because they get even worse. (laughs) Oh, I just want to go clean this area so badly. So bad. But then it wouldn't have the rustic lived-in feel. I know. Or that wonderful pipe and book smell. It would still have the wonderful book smell. True. And I would be a lot less concerned about fire. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm really glad that you pointed out in the first minute we meet him, his name is Coriander. It says it on the door because I had not put that together. And I had the note like, wait, what's the name of the store? He says it when he answers the phone. I can't make it out. I kept trying to listen to it. Now that I know it's Coriander, of course I hear that. (laughs) Right. But I could not put it together on my own. (laughs) So Bastion, the second he hears the phone ring, I think I know he knows what he's going to do. Oh, he's already yeah. decided because if you watch his face as he's watching Coriander walk away, mm-hmm. he gives a sigh, like resignating. Or, he's not yeah. even hiding it, really. He's resigning himself to the fact that he's going to take this book. <laughs> well, this is how my life as a thief began. <laughs> yeah, he stir. He, you know, he d- digs down deep to his his bad side. <laughs> <laughs> and steals himself before yeah. steal get it steals himself oh, before getting ready to take this book. I also, you know, we didn't mention it earlier. Anyone watching this movie will have noticed, but I don't think we mentioned he put on 
a zip-up hoodie over his sweater. Yes. And I That just... seems uncomfortable. No, I love it. For some reason, Aww. maybe it's because I live in a zip-up hoodie. I just really am enjoying it where it just he looks so comfy, cozy, and ready to become a thief. Um, <laughs> All he needs to do is pull the hoodie up over his head as he's leaving. Yes. Well, and you know what? Why I'm feeling so nostalgic is he's reminding me a lot of Elliot and E.T. I can see that. About the same age, brown hair, the hoodie, a little bit. I mean, he's just got a little bit of red instead of a red sweatshirt, but it's the same sort of outfit, really. You know who he reminds me of? Who? Is Daryl in the movie Daryl? Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) How could that be? I don't know. It's like they're the same person. It's crazy. Oh, if you freeze it on second 49, folks, I I know I'm telling you to freeze things a lot of different places, but you will not be disappointed. You can see the moment that Bashing becomes a hardened criminal. (laughs) (laughs) He's just got that look in his eyes. He's like, old man, I'm going to take this. Yep, and I'll take that one step further. (laughs) I'll take that one step further. And if you look at second or actually forty nine through fifty two, if you watch the way he he eyeballs First Coriander squinted and now Bastion does. He's like, I got your squint for you. (laughs) Squinting the next generation. Oh, I'm trying not to be distracted. Behind Bastion's head is a sign with writing on it, but I don't think I tried Anyone's eyesight is good enough to work way that too out. many minutes trying to figure out what that sign said, and I could not do it. We'll have to get uh, someone who was on the movie on the show. Maybe they uh, have pictures from the set that will show us in better clarity Possibly. what that said. That's not going to happen. But yeah, Wolfgang Peterson, if you're listening, tell us what that sign said. Yeah. Do you have any other notes here? Um, no, I am just watching Bashing's eyes flick back and forth as he contemplates his life of crime. Um, All right, I have a a segue here. All right, segue away. My last note here, you asked me about Thomas Hill yesterday, and I was a little bit unprepared. (laughs) I did find one more interesting fact about Thomas Hill, who plays Mr. Coriander, and this is going to totally blow your mind. I'm ready for the gas, okay? (laughs) Brace yourself. Thomas Hill voiced... Uncle Owen on NPR's Star Wars radio drama. Yes, Uncle Owen. (laughs) Oh my gosh, she's dying. You didn't get the guess because my eyes just got so wide. I co-host another podcast on Return to Eyes, and we actually came up with a whole Uncle Owen digression, tangent, theory, conspiracy thing. So I've been thinking about Uncle Owen so much more this week than I think I have in years. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Uncle Owen is everywhere in my life for all of a sudden. He is. But my segue now is that this brings us to Star Wars Minute, the daddy podcast of all the movies by minute podcast. The God Pod, as I like to call it. The God Pod. That is a great term. I am really trying to make that a thing. I've used it on both shows now at some point. Did you hear the big secret about Godfather Minute? I did. I did. And since this definitely won't be coming out until after yes. they're all public the news with is that. Already out. Yes. Um they're gonna do Godfather Minute, folks. <laughs> only only Alex is. Alex is doing it with his brother. Okay, that's fine. Alex and his brother, who I'm sure is also delightful, <laughs> are doing the Godfather Minute. I don't know how much crossover there is between fans of the never-ending story and the Godfather, but I am one of them. 
<laughs> I awesome. went through a massive gangster movies phase for some reason as a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> so, like... Thir- That's just what 13-year-old girls usually 13, love. 13, I got into it, and then 14, I started high school, and I started taking Italian. And just to, like, get it all out there, I'm German-Irish, but my cousins are 50% Sicilian. So we loved... My cousin Liz and I used to joke, like, we were Corleone and Hagen. Um, okay. Which is great because all the grown-ups told us how horrible that was and the Italian-American Anti-Defamation League and gangster movies are the worst and there is no mafia and what are we doing? And I loved it. I watched all of them. I was way too young. I should not have been watching these movies. But Tierney, did I, they were great. Did I tell you that I lived in Sicily for three years? We we have discussed my never-ending jealousy. <laughs> so, yeah, I've walked into the coffee shop and seen older gentlemen sitting there and things get really quiet when you walk in. <laughs> and you know that you need to leave that establishment as quickly as possible. Um, <laughs> it was a very real thing there. And it, was, it never felt dangerous, I wouldn't say. Mm-hmm. But you definitely knew the places you were and weren't supposed to be. That's my, um, one of my best friends went to Italy and that was kind of her response to Naples. Cause my first thing was like, well, you know, it's 2000. Well, this was 2014, but still I was like, yeah, it's 2014 though. Like you can be a tourist and go to Naples. She's like, well, yeah, you can, but. There is some basis for fact of that. And no, I don't think you should rent a car there when you go. <laughs> so, because I've always wanted to go. My cousin's last name is Gerace, off of Jirake, where they're from. And I really want to go there. But it is a five-hour drive into the middle of nowhere, southern Italy. Um, Il- Driving in Italy was amazing, by the way. I loved it. <laughs> I would totally do it, but a female driving alone through Il Sud when she doesn't know where she's going is maybe not the most recommended thing I've ever True. heard. And this would have involved, like I said, renting a car in Naples and taking off down deserted highways. Yeah, yeah no. We're going to yeah, wait till... The driving situation in Italy is is completely different than it is here. They're very... Very aggressive there. And (laughs) if you don't try to be aggressive as well, you will get in an accident. There's a reason that Americans there have the most accidents because Italian drivers aren't used to the defensive way that we drive. They're used to being offensive all the time and they account for it in their daily driving. So when a defensive driver's there, it really messes them up. And I'm from Connecticut. So I am a very defensive driver because I was surrounded by New York and Massachusetts drivers. (laughs) <laughs> who are awful. Sorry, listeners from Massachusetts and New York, but you know what you've done. <laughs> yeah, I I want to go to Italy in the worst way. I took Italian for four years. I used to be fluent, but not great. But I was technically fluent for a while there. I'm not anymore, but I listened I, I to I learned Italian enough to get by. I could and- get I could get gas, I could go to the store, I could order food, yep. and I could say hello and goodbye to people and understand, you know, the intricacies of greetings and farewells and stuff like that, but I would not say I was fluent by any means, even after three years. Nice. I did my best to immerse myself, though. I lived out in town. Um, I rented from a local family there 
their family house. I guess the oldest son had finally moved out of it, so they had like a little in-law suite there. Oh. And they rent they rented it out to us. It was really fantastic. Were you replacing someone? <laughs> I think we were a little bit because they'd invite us over for dinner mm-hmm. and he had his own pizza oven in his kitchen and the whole family would be there and he'd just make a million little pizzas for everybody to split and share and he made his own olive oil he made his own wine it was it was amazing oh oh i want to go in the worst way but yeah (laughs) i just decided and i don't know where this came from other than you know i had italian relatives but i saw the godfather and just really like it went straight to my heart for no reason that anyone in the family (laughs) can figure out maybe it was because of tom hagen like because he's he's in but he's german irish and i was just like i'm i'm german irish i could do that i mean i couldn't (laughs) do that but you know what i mean yes i do i was very much like all right i have my into this world that has always fascinated me and so i just went to and i also at this point i mean actually no I bet I know exactly why I saw The Godfather, because this was right at the height of my I'm going to be a famous movie director someday phase. Okay. I absolutely guarantee it. Now that I'm thinking of the timing, I saw Star Wars when I was 10 or 9, about to turn 10. I don't know when in the summer I saw it. And then middle school was just studying everything I could get my hands on and watching everything I could say. I heard there was a time that if you wanted to be a... An important person in Hollywood having gang ties was was a good thing. <laughs> Listen, I don't care. I won't, I'm not going to do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I started launching this speech, and then I'm like, no, 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 let's not. Yeah. But um, no, I I study and Harrison Ford, Steven Spielberg, Luke. Because I start again. I started with Star Wars. I was already a huge fan of multiple Steven Spielberg movies, and that led me to Scorsese and Coppola. And so that's when I watched Apocalypse Now and The Godfather and all these movies that other 13-year-old girls were not super into. I'm pretty sure I was the only girl running around freshman year of high school being like, Michael Imperioli's awesome, guys. He's so cute. And they're like, what the hell is wrong with you? Um, and then Christopher disappointed me on The Sopranos and it's a whole thing. But <laughs> And now Michael Imperioli plays the older teacher on Girls. Which was very horrifying for me, where I'm like, no, he's the young one, but time goes by. We are on a tangent. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Oh. It, was, it was meant to be a tangent, but bringing, bringing us back, Godfather so, yes. Minute, Star Wars Minute. <laughs> you can find all these at moviesbyminute.com. Yes, if, if you, like me, at some point wanted to be making movies and watched far more than was healthy for you... There's probably a movie spy minute about that. And I'll tell you, if you really want to get into movie making, analyzing these movies one minute at a time will help you with that. Mm-hmm. I'm staring at my The Making of Jurassic Park book right now. Uh, Jurassic Park Minute has wrapped, but you can still find the episodes and go back and listen. That's what's really nice about this format is even if one isn't currently recording, you could go back and listen to a whole. Yes. There are a couple actually where I'm waiting where I'm just like, someday this will be done, and I'll just take a summer and listen to it all. Definitely. So um, that's moviesbyminutes.com. You can go to growlermedia.com for our podcast for Beauty and the Beastly Minute. And I think, I know there are other podcasts. I'm not sure if there are other minute podcasts yet. No, I think those are the only two minute podcasts, okay. but I know he does something on LDS dating. 
Um, they have a podcast about that, and that's for Latter-day Saints and dating and that whole environment. Doesn't really um, apply to the married Catholic, but check it out. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Bobby's very, I'm sure it's it's very interesting. <laughs> for us, if you want to find us, guys, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at the Wookie Lives. Um, if you're looking on Twitter for Never Any Minute, it's at Nev and Min. That's N-E-V-E-N-D-M-I-N. Look on Facebook. We have a page there. Never Ending Minute. Like the page. Join our society, uh, Never Ending Minute Listener Society. We're going to be talking about these minutes. If we say something in the minute and you want to argue with us about it, <laughs> we are happy to have those kind of arguments. If you have theories, we want to know them. If you have stories about the way this movie affected you or... or the way this uh, these tilted books drove you crazy as well, we want to hear about it. So join the society and, and come join the conversation. Yeah, I don't think we we got a lot more movie this week that we talked about, but we both grew up with this movie. It was very influential, not just on my fashion choices of hoodies and my predilection for acquiring rare books, although all mine have been acquired legally so far. Uh, <laughs> I am on Twitter at One Steel Sister, and I have links there to Never Ending Minute and Return to Oz Minute. So if you like this format and you like mid-80s kids live-action fantasy movies, <laughs> I've got you covered on two fronts this summer. And... If you have the chance, if you have the time, if you like us, please take the time to go on iTunes and leave a five-star review about our podcast so that we are findable, basically. That really helps bump up our visibility on Definitely. the I, on the podcast catchers. This is my first venture into this. I want to know what you guys think. If there's something I can do better, I want to know about it. We want this to be the best experience for you that we can possibly give you, so... I will stop typing when my microphone is right next to my keyboard. <laughs> that is my vow to you. <laughs> we're correcting things as we go, guys. We're we're a budding podcast, and we're going to get better as we go. Yes. We're getting there, though. Like, like Bastion, we have learned a lot in just two weeks. <laughs> yes. And, and now that he's a thief, <laughs> we have to find out what's going to happen in his life, and we have a whole bunch of story to get to. But that's another story. And it shall be told another time. Have a good weekend. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler. I'm keeping your bones.